my, my takes are always hot. My opinions are always fresh. Here we go. Loose concept. All right, we're going live in five. <laughs> you can't start out laughing. Yeah, you can. That's the best way to start out. Listen, sister, I don't dance. I can't take time out now to learn. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Five. We're more like treasure protectors. These scruffy looking. They're going to hate us at the beginning, but we'll get them in the air. <laughs> Okay, here we go. Welcome back to another episode of Loose Concept, the loosest conceptual movie podcast on the internet. My name is Elijah Smith. Thank you for joining us today. Also, tuning in to uh, provide some very opinionated opinions on many different movie-related topics from across the internet, Sean Mackey. Sean, what's going on? It's going well, dude. Just uh, just watch this movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, that we're going to discuss later. <gasps> dude, you can't... Pretty you crazy. Can't, that's called a spoil, folks. <laughs> yeah, you can't spoil it. <laughs> we got to keep that keep that, uh, that mystery about what, what movie we're time. doing. Yeah, we let them know last episode. Sean's right. Yeah. We got to come <laughs> up with a more standard practice. <laughs> this is too loose of an operation. I thought we okay. <laughs> Could loose concepts be too loose? <laughs> Let us know in the comments. Also joining us today, our other guest host. You've heard his voice already. This podcast, Rudy Rudolph. Rudy, what's up? What's up, dude? Um, you know, quarantine life, week four. Uh, pro tip for all those listeners out there: make sure you start your car every once in a while. Um, Ooh. Ooh, that's a good tip. My wife and I each have a car, and. I haven't been driving mine around, so it's just been sitting there. So today I started it up, and then I turned it off. And, uh, yeah, dude, we get it. You have a car, <laughs> and you're married. <laughs> Whatever. Coast, coast, coastal elite over here. <laughs> but I'm waiting for that stimulus check. It should be. I heard it was coming in the mail any day now, and I'm really, uh, really uh, made a lot of bets that need to be paid. Oof. With that stimulus check, it's already uh, accounted <laughs> for. So the the bookies are at your door. The bookies, They're come and yeah. chop chop your chop your legs off. Yeah, they're essential workers, believe it or not. <laughs> the bookies, bookies are essential workers. Breaking your kneecaps is someone's got to do it, you know. Yeah, Sean, you been uh, you been baking any bread down there? <laughs> we actually did. We made some focaccia. Oh, <laughs> look at you go! Had to, had to join the trend, Italian style, though. Can you say that, that again? Like, what kind of bread was it? Focaccia. Ooh. A little focaccia. focaccia with a little, you need a little gabagool yeah. and a little uh, need a bruschetta. Bit of a focaccia. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> That's our new segment that we call Elijah and Rudy do racist impressions. <laughs> <laughs> it was very good. Off the, I'll, I'll put the so recipe in the show Can you do an Italian notes. impression all you want and hardly anyone's going to give you trouble I mean, for it? Italian isn't really a race, right? It's just a... It's a lifestyle. It's a, lifestyle. <laughs> it's a nationality. Yeah, Elijah and Rudy give nationalistic impressions. <laughs> I think it. I think it has legs. I think, I think we're gonna make that a recurring one. Uh, oh no! <laughs> That's a preview for next week's damage control segment. <laughs> Speaking of any uh, any damage control 
issues from last week that may or may not need to be cleaned up. <sighs> I kind of set myself Rudy. up for it. Yeah. Not <laughs> Rudy. I kind of, it was, it works out though, because my damage control is Doc Antle did not give the Tigers, or the line rather, for uh, second in lines. That's what a surprise. Totally bogus. Wow. Didn't, totally made up. Didn't believe. But it gives me an opportunity to talk about the, uh, the, the, bonus episode to the tiger king saga do you guys hear about that no no yes so i don't know what's the bonus episode? i'm not sure that's <laughs> just like no i'm not uh, sure i didn't get past episode two <laughs> i'm I, so sure. over tiger king content <laughs> <laughs> well Dude, tiger is... king was tiger king was so episode three get with it rudy <laughs> what is this episode four this is episode four we've moved on okay that's well there's a bonus episode say. and i don't think they uh broke any news but basically one of the guys who was who was a meth head he got new teeth which is uh oh nice. that's a good update and, good for uh, him yeah it's just like shark tank said. when they do the updates on everybody's lives <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah they put some nice music update, on it and they go, he got some dentures until they got to joe exotic who's still in prison oh. after laurie grenier invented yeah. the, invested 40 million dollars in this guy's lifestyle yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that was damage control. Oh, my bad thanks for the update Another piece of damage control. I realized much later, after the fact, um, that we didn't we didn't touch on a very important segment of the podcast last week, which is is this movie a top twenty or not? Uh, I knew. So we're, we're revisiting. Something. Is Secondhand Lions a top twenty movie for either of you guys? Sean, we'll start with you. I think it's a top fifty. <sighs> but no, wow. not not top 20. Just like Rudy's top 20 is really a top 50, Sean's top 50 is really like a top 100. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Rudy, is this top 20 for you? Uh, I want to stay in the um, character of every movie's a top 20, but I'll be honest this time, it's a fantastic movie. I love it. I don't think it makes the top 20. Mm, love the honesty. I love the honesty. Yeah. I'm here for it. Appreciate that. I don't think it's a top 20 for me as well. I feel like it but. should be for you, though, because you said you took like the hub speech, the man speech, change your life. I feel like that should <laughs> Did I say when that? At some points. Yeah, you said that. You said you, uh, it's I a formative speech. That. It's a top 20 speech. Somebody, uh, somebody roll it back, run it back, run back episode three and see if that I said that or not, because I don't remember saying that. Send us an email. <laughs> I think Rudy's trying to slander me on the podcast, <laughs> saying I take all my my life-forming speeches from movies. That's not even true. I do them from TV shows. Oh, I forgot. It's not slander. It's just Good to know. You know, selective, <laughs> selective listening. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> moving on to our uh, movie news of the week segment, which has really been seriously struggling recently, given the uh, current state of movie making in America. Um, do you guys see this? Uh, see these? This first look in Vanity Fair at the upcoming release of Dune. Dune, Dune looks incredible. Directed by Denny Villeneuve, Villeneuve, or however you say his name. Villeneuve. That's Villeneuve. Villeneuve. Is that it? Yeah. Um, Denny Villeneuve. I didn't read many of the words. In I don't that think article. Rudy knows. <laughs> I didn't read. Everyone me. knows words don't mean. Just looked anything. at the pictures. But the picture of Oscar Isaac in that outfit with the shoulder pads. Like the full beard he just looks. I'm I'm all in on this movie for sure. Sean, do you have any thoughts? It looks incredible. I hope it doesn't get moved because it's one of those ones that I think a lot of people that have read the novel have been waiting for for years. 
for a proper a proper <laughs> tell me about proper it, retelling of the story. But yeah, it just looks incredible. I mean, his like I think who is do we know who the director of photography is? So he generally works with Roger Deakins. I guess it's it's the guy Craig, that did Greg Frazier that's doing it this time, but Hans Zimmer. Yeah, there's doing a different that. guy for this music. one. But yeah, I mean, it just looks incredible. Great cast. Um, I, I I believe. Who is Timothy Chalamet though? What was yeah. he in? He's been in like several weird arts who? movies. Who? Timothy oh, Chalamet. Timothy. Timothy Chalamet. 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 Are you guys? Are you guys in or out on Timothy Chalamet? I don't know who he is. Is that really? Bad? Have you seen? He's Lady like Bird? kind of like the internet's boyfriend right now. <laughs> he's the internet's uh, boyfriend. He's the next big thing. He is. He's like when he's like he's like so. There's basically people are always looking for an actor to fill in the up and coming. This guy's like a young Leonardo DiCaprio, and he, right now I that's I think him. he could be though. No. You think? Yeah. I think he's going to be around. He's going to be around, dude. Well, uh, admittedly, this will be the first movie that I will have seen him really? in. Really? So <laughs> I have no... Yeah, I have no... I feel like I can't judge him. I just... He's very... Uh, he's overexposed on the TL right now. So just... <laughs> Showing up too much on the gotcha. timeline. Yeah, The King. He was good in The King. That's a Netflix movie. If you guys want to check that one out. Yeah. Um, he was in, yeah, lots of weird haircuts, right? Yeah, a lot of weird weird haircuts. <laughs> <laughs> the bowl cut. That's all I know about that one. Um, he was in he was in Little Women. Um, he played Lori. Oh, so he was a he played a woman. Uh, no, Lori. Did he a, play a woman in Little yeah, Women? Like he's, no, he's a guy. Oh. Have you guys read Little Women? Rudy, we sound we sound so uneducated. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys read Little Women? No, I didn't. I, I super did not read Little okay. Women. Gotcha. Noted, noted. Did you read it? Why would I have read Little Women? It's a classic. It's like the Great Gatsby. Mm. I think, I think he's the real deal. He's the real deal. Okay, Sean's <laughs> in on Timothy. You heard it here first. Whenever I see his name come up, I always think the Sixers had this guy on the roster for a year or two. His name was Timothy Luau Cabarro, oh, wow. something like that. He had the weirdest name, but that's always who I think of. Okay, so that's my. Chalamet take. Gotcha. He just reminds me. There it is. A, a very low tier Sixers player. There it is. Cool man. Yeah, I mean, I I've been uh, yeah I've been I read Dune last summer um, on the beach. I just breezed through it in about a week. All like seven hundred some pages of it. In a um, week, dang. Yeah, I actually read it in anticipation, knowing that this movie was coming out, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna read the book of this. And see, you know, see if it's better than the movie. Get myself hyped for the movie. Have something to look forward to. And so, it's been really something that I've been pretty amped about for a while now. So, so far, I was I was talking to my cousin Levi, friend of the show, friend of the pod, yeah, friend of the He's pod, part of the universe. And we were discussing. Yeah, he read Dune as well. So we've been looking forward to this for some time now. And uh, we were discussing how really so far everything, usually sometimes these movies, they're announced and you see they start, the pictures of it start coming out and stuff. And you start seeing like little things that give you some reasons for concern and make you a little worried. And it's like, oh, I don't know about this. But so far this movie, like pretty much everything has been just like knocking it out of the park, like building the hype. So those are the ones that always break your heart. Kathleen Kennedy isn't involved. So that that's what helps. I don't know. I feel like it's could be similar. I don't know. 
obviously I wasn't like super aware when Lord of the Rings was first coming out and what it was like to for that to be leaking, you know, and all the information coming out about that and the first looks and stuff. But I feel like this would have to kind of feel the same way. I mean, it's a it's a book that has never really been correctly adapted. And um, a lot of people have been looking forward to it for a long time. They're doing, they actually, in that article, they mentioned that it's going to be a um, two-part deal. So they're making two movies. So even if the first movie is... Oh, at the same time. Yeah, so even if the first movie is you know, somewhat mediocre, maybe the second will wrap it up, but and that's a, that's a good sign as well. Cause it, you know, it shows that they're going to take their time telling, you know, a story that needs, that is, needs a lot of time to be told. So that's incredible. I'm pretty amped. And that, I think that like you look at the cast, the cast is just like an all-star lineup. You're reading that article and you get down to the bottom and they're just listing. Oh yeah. By the way, Dave Bautista is going to be yeah, in yeah. this. Oh Yeah. Javier Bardem, he's in it too. Oh, you know, Oscar Isaac's in it. Zendaya's Josh in it. Brolin. Like, it's just, they just keep Josh it. Momoa. Yeah, Jason exactly. Momoa. Like, Friend of the pod. Heavy hitter after heavy hitter after heavy hitter. So you forgot about Zendaya. We'll see. But No, you said that. I, no, I said Zendaya. I even no. added a weird inflection to my voice when I said <laughs> it. You missed it. Yeah, dude. Zendaya or Daya? Yeah, the cast looks incredible. I wonder if that'll be a future um, technique that a lot of movies that... Um, kind of have this type of firepower behind it if they're gonna film two movies at once. Yeah. Well, that was well. This was something that Levi was speculating about was that um, because it's maybe not as well known of a story as like a Lord of the Rings or like as well developed of a franchise as like a Star Wars that they're sort of using some of this star power to like boost it and you know get it a little extra publicity. Because the story itself and the recognition of Dune as a franchise or whatever might not be enough to really push it into the next stratosphere. So, you know, you, you keep adding these stars in and it might be enough to, you know, really get a, a buzz going. So, And they picked a good we'll year to come out around Christmas because there's not going to be a Star Wars or even, I, th- I don't think there's even a big Marvel movie. Yeah, but with everything being pushed back now, I'm just, I'm a little bit concerned that it's gonna get pushed back as well i'm gonna have to wait till like next summer to see this movie mm. which is that'd be tough not ideal you know not ideal <laughs> so yeah looks incredible but we'll see i'm hyped this is just what i needed to uh come come uh show up on the internet on tuesday <laughs> afternoon so. give you a little boost, a little boost. oh yeah it's to. lit it is most definitely lit in the world of Doom. how many times will you go see it in so. theaters alive <laughs> I think if it's even like a mediocre level movie, probably four, four at least. <laughs> if there even are theaters around by then, you know, you never know. Yeah, you might have right? to travel. They could be all gone. Don't say that. AMC. There's rumors of AMC needing to close. No. So really, yeah. Didn't you guys see that I this think week? It was uh, they're in some serious financial doo doo. Uh, I think it's gonna come back when everything comes back. Movie theaters, people are gonna want to get out and go see movies. I think so, too. It's going to be a renaissance. I think it's too, like, yeah, it's got to be too profitable of a thing, right? I mean, you're charging people 15 bucks to come sit in a room, right? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> if you get a, a room full of people, that's a lot of, you know, that fit, all those $15 tickets add up eventually. And the costs of just playing something on a screen have got to be, you know, pretty low. So <laughs> we'll see. This is, this has been business talk with a lot of <laughs> Tune in next week as I uh, talk about the overheads of another industry that I know literally nothing about. 
Good takes. Good takes. Anyway, well, <laughs> this is my go-to transition. Beautiful. Should we? Uh, should we move into our discussing our feature film of the week? Yes. You boys ready? Featured film of the we week. Sean, what's the feature film of the week? Once upon a time in Hollywood. That's not what we watched. We watched. We watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, I forgot the ellipses. Once Upon a Time in America. Oh, there's a three. The ellipses. You didn't put in the ellipses, bro. Dude, I'm sorry. Once Upon a Time. A film by Quentin Tarantino. There you go. That's it. Or as some people refer refer to him, Quarantino. Quentin Quarantino. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was my dad's. my dad's um, thought on he was like fumbling for the name of what the director's name was and that's what he came up with the Quarantino guy so maybe it was destiny his movies are perfect to be watched during quarantine they are I don't know in, in some worlds they are there's like a whole bunch of movies that start with Once Upon a Time in I think there's a Once Upon a Time in the West there's a Once Upon a Time in America I believe there's a um, Once Upon a Time in, there's other ones, Mexico. There's lots of Once Upon a Time in blank movies that have been made. So this has nothing to do with those. I don't know why I brought it up. But, <laughs> so. It's a popular name. I think this one definitely stands out, though. It's probably the most popular now. Can you guys hear me? Oh. Are you talking? Yeah. Can you hear us? Oh, I hit my mute button. Oh, leave it in. Leave it in. I'll, no, I'll leave it in. That. I'll edit that. That's, <laughs> the, that's the good stuff. And just me, just me talking into the void. <laughs> Hello, is anybody there? Are you out there? <laughs> leave that in. Oh, <laughs> That's how I felt for a hot minute there. As we are wont to do here at Loose Concept, we're going to start out by discussing our favorite thing about the movie or what we personally perceive to be the best thing about this movie. Sean, we're going to start with you first. Get the ball rolling for us. What was your favorite thing about the movie? I loved the old Western scenes with, with uh, Rick Dalton just stole, stole the whole movie. I think Mm. him acting. Okay. That was just incredible. Where he's spitting at the water and can't remember the yeah. line. That was hilarious. <laughs> that whole like middle section where he's he's trying to um, kind of make make do with being cast as a villain now. Um, I just loved loved that middle middle section, all the behind the scenes of, um, gotcha, of him and that little girl, <laughs> kind of she giving him a great. an emotional pep talk. <laughs> um, Julia Butters, yeah. She is butters. Okay. Insert South Park Western voice. Scenes. The Western scenes. Rudy, what's your uh, what's your favorite thing about favorite the movie? Thing, favorite thing and best thing about this movie. Two favorite words. Favorite thing and best or two best. Two words. Two syllables. Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. He was the man. He's always the man, but in this movie, he was just the man. He always. He was just like the best best friend you could have. You know, he never had a bad thing to say about anybody. He killed his wife, probably. Uh, they didn't really go into that. But, and, you know, they just kind of put it out there and just left it out there. But 
just a minor he detail. was he was so cool he was uh pretty ba you know he, he was a fighter he was uh, a lover he was just the man his concept is for the kids yeah for the kids ba that means yeah BA. that means bad they just drop the d to make it sound bad cool. animal yeah, bad animal means a bad, bad animal. animal um but he was just, he just rocked and like you know I just wanted more of him. We'll get to that later, but Ooh. I just thought he was Ooh. so cool. Foreshadowing. Like Something we do best Ooh. here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I that's that's my favorite slash best thing as well. I think, you know, Brad Pitt, he's great. Who doesn't love Brad Pitt? He's great. Every time he's on the screen, you're like, that guy seems great. <laughs> Jennifer so. Aniston, I feel like. Might not love Brad Pitt. No, she's she's changed her tune. I think they're friends again or something. Judging by the tabloids headlines that I read when I wait in line at the grocery store (laughs) with my mask and gloves on, (laughs) seems like they're on good terms. That's a mental image. I don't know. I really want to see in real life (laughs) the reunion. Hollywood's no, I'm not. I'm, Do you ever see I'm, those pics? Of, I'm talking about you online in <laughs> gloves and mask with a loaf of bread and a gallon uh, of milk, <laughs> staring at tabloid magazine headlines. What were you talking about? Well, I was just gonna say, do you ever see those pictures of um, Brad Pitt looking like the person that he's dating? No, <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to send it to you. There's a whole if you there's probably some BuzzFeed article on it somewhere or something, but um. Someone put together all these pictures of his relationship throughout the year. And it's kind of like when they people put up those pictures of, of someone and then their dog next to oh, them. Yeah, and there's like look, similarities yeah. between them and their dog. This is like the exact same thing. It's like the girlfriend is there and then there's Brad Pitt next to her just sort of looking vaguely <laughs> like her. There's oh, one with Gwyneth gosh. Paltrow and Jennifer Aniston and Angelina Jolie and uh, someone else. But it's very... Very entertaining. Who is Brad dating now, according to the tabloids, uh, Elijah? Didn't see that. Didn't see that. I haven't been to the grocery store in a while. <laughs> we'll have to check in in a couple weeks get all- <laughs> with Elijah's tabloid minute. <laughs> Elijah's grocery store what line did he tabloid see minute. The- <laughs> That's literally where I get all my pop culture culture <laughs> news. I have no other sources <sighs> other than Twitter moments. But yeah, I think I agree. I agree. I'm. I mean, I can't just steal Rudy's but, but you I'm did. going to yeah. because yeah yeah he's the best thing about it he elevates the whole entire movie so yeah I'm not you know we'll transition into a least favorite thing about the movie here um, but I'm not a massive Leo DiCaprio fan yeah it's not not my scene not my guy just not really into his whole shtick so the movie is already starting in a little bit of a hole when you see that he's in it, but then uh, it's balanced out by how much I enjoy watching Brad Pitt movies. So it's like a pretty, uh, you know, a whole movie and you're just sort of wishy-washy on, oh, do I mind enjoying this movie or do I hate this movie? <laughs> Am I enjoying this? Do I hate this? And that's sort of what I was going back, back and, forth. and forth between. Yeah. I don't think Leo did a great job. I, I, I'm more of a fan of him than you are for sure. But uh, I think, like, the least favorite part about this movie for me was that, like, it's a Quentin Tarantino movie, you know? You know, it, it's got, it's, well, let me build. I'm not saying that's the reason that I hate it. <laughs> it's got this feel that, like, it's so well done. Like, going from the movies we've watched so far in this uh, podcast to going to watch this, it's like everything is crisp. Like, the first, like, especially in the beginning, every scene is, like, meticulous. It's all shot perfectly. Like, and I'm not someone who has, like, a super eye for that. 
but just every like you could tell it's just oh come on give yourself a little more okay, credit whatever Rudy. but anyway it was just it's we all know you're a massive <laughs> cinephile yeah watch we have a movie the, podcast uh, 55 we're, millimeter we're film version no but it's just this motion picture <laughs> this cinema this piece of cinema <laughs> But no, it was just quality, and I was just, and this is what sucked about it, is that I was very disappointed. This was a movie that, like, the Ooh, disappointment huh. was my least favorite part of this movie, is like, if I if I went in watching it thinking that I was going to be disappointed, that's fine. You know, like, there were plenty of movies that I watch thinking that I'm going to be disappointed. There are plenty of movies that I watch with no opinion, and that's like, I either am pleasantly surprised, or I'm like, okay, that wasn't that great. This is a movie that I went into saying, I love Tarantino movies. I love Brad Pitt. I like Leo. Like everything was, all the boxes were checked, and it just like fell so flat. Like the whole movie, like the plot, I thought was so flimsy. Like it's just about this one guy who, you know, he wants to make a career for himself, he, but he's he's successful in a way, but at the same time, he's not as successful as he wants to be, and he's just like really insecure, and it's like really focusing on him. And then you have Brad Pitt, who's awesome, and they don't really show a lot of him, and. And then you get to, like, the whole Manson thing, and it's weird, and then at the end, it's just, I'm not going to spoil anything. Well, should we, like, throw spoilers? Yeah, yeah, we can spoil it. I think with the Lewis Concept is a very spoiler-friendly podcast. Yeah. The name of you the movie that we're discussing you, yeah. is always in the title. Yeah, True. it's spoiler. I feel like it's funny. If you don't want to hear spoilers, <laughs> fast forward to the end of this episode, like, when it's at the zero point. <laughs> zero seconds left and then you'll you won't hear it's any. funny because like all of the movies we've done so far are like 20 years old so yeah so, like the spoiler alert limit is gone but this one's new but anyway like the end like i you know i'm expecting them to go and you know bag sharon tate and just like murder them and that i, I was like it was interesting like that was a i thought that was cool because <laughs> that's what happened in real life bag them and tag but em. then like it was just so bizarre that like extremely queer you know tarantino-esque violence in such a short time and it was like yeah. the whole time you're watching it like what 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 and it's yeah. just it was just like very very weird so i was just i was pretty disappointed with this movie i was not you know love jazzed love love it the contradictory takes sean what's your least favorite part and then you can defend actually first first defend this movie did you like this movie i, I liked it i thought it was a good movie i i understand your points because Defended to Rudy's slander. Well, I think what happened with this movie, at least for me, is I knew that the Charles Manson, Sharon Tate murder, you know, the family murder of Sharon Tate, um, took place sometime in it. And I think that if you went into the movie not knowing anything about that, I think it would have been a little bit more interesting because I think, at least for me, I was waiting for that to happen. Or, yeah. like, what was the tie in yeah. to the Manson murders? Um, for, I mean, the hours, the runtime's like two hours and 41 minutes. So even two hours in, you really, just, you just go to Spawn Ranch, which is where the kind of Charles Manson family lived. But that's really the only real, you know, hint that this, you know, whole murder thing is involved with the movie. So I think two hours in, you're kind of like, I think let down because you're almost like, what, what is... What is this movie about? <laughs> exactly. So both of you guys wanted to see Sharon Tate get no, murdered. No, I, I, I didn't want Sharon Tate the conclusion, to get The conclusion I'm, I'm hearing here. No, I just, I think it's one of those things where it's, I think like what Rudy was saying, you know a little bit about the movie and it's also hyped up. 
So you're you have yeah. you go in there with a certain mindset, and I thought it was really well done. Um, like yeah, you so said, they I. had a lot of crisp shots. Um, the dialogue was incredible. The little, I, I feel like micro movies was what Tarantino's you know at least in this movie is has shown where you have the kind of western yeah. you know environment where he's on set uh Rick Dalton is for like 20 or 30 minutes at a time he's filming or doing makeup and stuff like that and you feel like you're in this one movie and then you cut to a scene of Brad Pitt driving a hippie home to this ranch and you're like okay this is a different movie and then you see scenes of Brad Pitt feeding his dog and making mac and cheese, and you're like, "That's a different movie." I don't know. So, <laughs> I think it, it was it was incredible storytelling that you could have all that in one movie and kind of be able to display what the golden age of kind of Hollywood was at that time. Um, yeah, with all like, of that in that in that one movie, you kind of were able to encapsulate Rick Dalton kind of becoming older, like a lot of actors do, but. I felt like where it fell flat. Actually, and Sean, all actors become older. <laughs> well, I'm saying just like going through the the hardship of but not getting the it's roles. It's a thing. That you it's wanted. a thing that humans do. They all become older. Yeah. Eventually. Oh my gosh. Until you're dead. But um. <laughs> but Sean, I feel like I'm you, sorry. you start out with the movie. <laughs> the movie starts, and Rick Dalton is like self conscious and feeling like he's washed up, right? Yeah. And then right before the very end of the movie. He's self-conscious and feeling like he's washed up. It's not until the very last scene where he's meeting with Sharon Tate mm. that he's like, he's oh, I feel like I'm finally recognized as somebody. Yeah. You know? So it's like the whole movie, he doesn't grow at all. So it's almost like you're saying there's nothing really happening and you feel like all the characters are like sort of where they were at the start. Of exactly. Well, yeah, That's there's exactly not necessarily character development, but you're Which finding Which is interesting, because now you know how I felt about Goodwill Hunting. I'm not going well, to even talk, not gotcha. even respond there's, to that. There's no real character development in this movie. It's just a lot of, like, character... You know, you, you're finding out more about each character as you go, and, and it's usually around the same thing that what you first thought about them. Like, five minutes in, like, you meet Sharon Tate, and you're like, okay... She's kind of really into herself. Um, she goes to the movie and watches herself play, and she's kind of, you know, very energetic. She's full of life. She's very energetic. Um, but you've at the end of the movie, she's the same. And same thing with Rick Dalton and Cliff Booth. They're all kind but of. That's I don't want to. I don't want to contradict you, Sean. But I think that's wrong. I don't think you learn anything about like these you people. Do. <laughs> you don't learn. You know, like you don't learn anything about Brad Pitt. Like they just mentioned that he killed his wife. They show him at home one time. You know, you don't learn anything about Sharon Tate. You don't learn anything about, um, what's her husband? Uh, Roman he, Polanski. Polanski. Like, he's just gone. Yeah. Who's, like, a terrible, interesting person. Like, he's terrible. Yeah. But he's, I think the then, main like, two characters you find out more about. But, yeah, Sharon Tate and even Al Pacino's character. Okay. Yeah, well, what, the, what was his I point? I think, you know... <laughs> And I actually did have that down in my notes. It's just like, what is Al Pacino's deal? I guess just that he wants he plants the seed that Leo should go to Italy and do spaghetti westerns. And why is Kurt Russell but, um, in this movie for like three minutes? Well, big Kurt, <laughs> Kurt Russell. Russell. Yes, Kurt Russell. I, I wrote you have that the opportunity down. to put Kurt Russell in your movie. You're putting Kurt Russell. The, in your no, movie. I heard, I love right? the Kurt Russell announcer, right? play, the but narrator. have him be yeah. have him be in it for more than two minutes it was such a hard transition though to be That's honest fair. to watch him after being her brooks like in, our, in the last movie we saw him, yeah. <laughs> like, watch him be like this you know foul mouth what i, what I was trying coach. to say is there's not there's not uh, there's not as much character d- development as in other movies but 
I wish that there, I think there was just too many, there's, I think Tarantino sometimes, he has a lot of characters, at least with like Hateful Eight and a couple other movies that he does. He has a lot of characters, um, which shows like he's a really good writer to be able to develop all these different people in his mind. But I think he only shows us a little glimmer of who they are. And to me, a lot of times it's not enough for me to really enjoy the movie because you just kind of get a top layer of who this person is. And um, that's what I felt like with this movie. It kind of fell short. I agree with that. Well, I think this transitions us nicely into our cut a scene, add a scene segment. So I think, what are you guys, what scene are you cutting out? And what scene are you adding to resolve this, you know, issue that you see with it? Sean, we'll start with you. Um, I'm definitely cutting out the like 25 or 30 minutes we spend leading up to Brad Pitt meeting that girl on the street and then kind of driving to the Spawn Ranch and then the whole Spawn movie ranch scene that lasts, I think, 25 or 30 minutes. Yes. Someone can check that. But it was like in the middle of the movie and I felt like that middle, it was like I think an hour and a half to two hours is when that timeline was. And that's when it really felt slow to me. And I really felt the two hours and 41 Drags. minutes. And you don't really learn that much about who this Manson family is. Yes. Other than they're a bunch of weirdos that just like yeah. are walking around barefoot. So, I mean, I think, I mean, I think that the point, the reason for that is like, I think he wanted to make, I think from my understanding, Quentin Tarantino was more interested in making a movie set in Hollywood during that time period. And the Manson family thing was so like intertwined with what was going on in Hollywood at that point that you, it was like unavoidable. So I think he maybe had to touch on it to um, make the movie. But anyway, carry on. So you're cutting out, cutting out all of Spawn, Spawn Ranch. Ranch. I'm just introducing maybe like a five or ten minute clip with actually Charlie Manson does walk up the the driveway to the Polanski Tate yeah. home, but they don't even mention his name. So, like, if, if people are millennials or Gen Z, they won't probably even know who that is to yeah. begin with. Um, Kids these days. So, I'm introducing an add a scene. If we're going to have the ending be about this whole murder, um, I'm introducing them a little bit more. Um, and maybe you bring in Cliff Booth like you did with this, but just have more about what they're about and give an introduction to, like, really how crazy they are because I think it's a weird transition to go from like, Oh yeah, they're just hippies watching TV on this, you know, abandoned ranch to we're going to murder all these people. Interesting. I thought that was yeah. a, a yeah. hard gotcha. transition to make. If, if you don't have any real background on who they, if you didn't live through oh, it. Yeah. I think that makes sense. So it's a good call. Yeah. If I may go next, <laughs> um, yep. please, I, Please I 100% do. agree with Sean's first take on cut a scene. I would take out that whole scene on the ranch. I just felt like it didn't bring anything to the movie, and it didn't develop anybody, and they didn't like really take any of those characters. Just the, the text character is brought back for the murder scene. Um, but you could cut all that out, and it wouldn't really take away from like the final Manson murder scene. I feel like if you just put like a couple little nods to it throughout the movie, sprinkle it in, you're not going to lose much. It's not going to change much. Um, so I would definitely cut that out. And then in the place of it, I would put, I want to see some more uh, stunt double scenes, man. I want to see yeah. the scenes where Leo's on a horse and mm. they yell cut and then Brad hops up there. 
and he does some sick, you know, stunt. <laughs> That's and, true. That's like, good. They only had like a couple small scenes yeah. where he's tearing around Hollywood with his like a, uh, I don't know what kind of car that was. If it was like a little pint. It wasn't a Pinto. I'm going to say Pinto and then damage control it for next week. <laughs> Is that fair? <laughs> I can't keep doing that. But anyway, the little car he was tearing around in was rad. And he was just, you know, he's obviously the coolest part about the movie. I want to see more of him doing these stunts and, you know, what that life is like. Gotcha. I think that's, yeah. Those are both good, good, excellent kind of scene, out of scene. I mean, I think those are, I think both those things definitely add to the movie. I, uh, I mean, I, I really don't, didn't like this movie much in general. I'm not a big, I don't even really like Tarantino. I'm not really a Tarantino guy. Um, I know some people are, and that's great. And uh, I'm happy for them, but it's not for me. So I know his whole shtick is kind of the like um, this, but uh, <laughs> what is this, this movie? <laughs> it's just this whole movie is like his shtick. But um, so I'm I'm like I'm cutting out pretty much every scene that doesn't involve someone driving around Hollywood in a car. <laughs> when the sun is setting and I'm just adding more scenes of that. I just want more scenes of Brad Pitt driving around Hollywood in a car with seventies music playing and the sun like setting and his dog and in the, the back blowing in his hair. And I, and that's it. And I just want a full movie of that. So I'm cutting a bunch of scenes and adding a bunch of scenes and it's just going to be a whole movie of just cruising around Hollywood in cars. Now that I think about it, I mean, going against, again, another callback to our Goodwill Hunting episode, but I think most movies would be better with just more, more scenes where everyone's just cruising around in cars. <laughs> yeah. That might be my favorite type of, type of movie scene is cruising. That's what just I cruising. loved about Nightcrawler, but it ended up being super weird. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was like the... Yeah, we're probably never going to cover on that. On Sean's corner of every movie is interconnected, I believe... Ooh. Yes, my I'm going to throw this out there. I think her name's Brandy, um, Brad Pitt's dog. Uh, yeah. Cliff, Cliff Booth's Ooh. dog. That is the mother of John Wick's dog. <laughs> oh! Nice. Little, little heritage. Crazy. Love that. Dude, that dog I was... I think it would have to be a grandmother giving dog years. Yeah, probably grandmother. Sure, but... Comes from the line of I dig that it. That dog Brandy. was rad, though. I loved that dog. Dude, that dog was the best. That dog was jacked. Dude, that jacked. dog, that dog ate better than Brad Pitt. dog. Dude, did you see the, the the flavors of that dog food? I didn't. I didn't catch the no. flavors. It was rat flavored and raccoon flavored. <laughs> that was on the can. It was so funny. It's so gross when you just it like slowly oozes out of the can and slops. Dude, in the how bowl about when he like, he football throws that can of dog oh food boy. into one girl's face? And then yeah, Ugh. and to that girl, what was the deal with like after she got hit in the face, she's running around screaming with her hand like the gun in her hand in the air. <laughs> Like, I didn't understand that at all. Like, why was she freaking out like that? I have no idea. Well, what would you do if you got hit in the face with a dog? I'd be screaming and holding my face. I wouldn't be, like, <laughs> running with my hands in the air. Like, my, I don't even well, know I think, who runs with their hands in the air. I think you got to count for these are hippie, you know, cult members, and they're probably, like, ho- hopped up on, on something. acid <sighs> or something. Fine, whatever. Psychedel- some sort of psychedelic drug. I don't know. Getting into a se- a segment that we've touched on before, but... um. We didn't do it last episode, but what what would this movie look like with a slightly different rating? You know, I'm my one thought, my primary thought the first time I saw this movie in theaters watching it was, did people that back then really curse that much? Because it seemed like, again, I know this is sort of Quentin Tarantino's shtick, but I just find it hard to believe that, you know, 
the F word was so frequently used hmm. back then. Is that is that way off base or like I don't know? It seemed a little a little excessive. I think in certain circles, probably people swore a lot. But yeah, I think on a general maybe I, I don't think people are are swearing in in general uh, conversation <laughs> like they do in this movie. But I, the more and more like curse words are in the movie, it just be it's like grating on my ears. Really, like, I feel like. Maybe maybe I have sensitive ears, yeah. but to me it's just like all right. Can we just cool it a little bit? It's a, it's excessive. Yeah, I think that's the case. Like, it, I, I'd much rather hear 150 f's than like two really well placed ones. You know, if you got two really well placed ones. Oh really? Yeah, and you're watching with mom or dad, and then it just like hits. <laughs> it's like oh boy, because because if they're only gonna have two, they know they have to use them wisely, right? If it's like yeah. a PG thirteen movie, that's true. So they always yeah. Like, yeah, really use it so many times they, people don't even recognize it. Yeah, I, don't I feel the same way. But I feel about like it's the, not it's not like wearing on your wearing on me the entire movie. Just hearing this abrasive language. Yeah. He does that a lot. I, don't know. I think for me, Tarantino movies are they're usually really well done, and they for some reason are pretty just incredible in the way that he tells a story but the one thing that i can't really get over is just the grotesque violence that it probably in the same way with the the language for you (laughs) elijah it's just oh no i feel that i feel the same way about the violence too both of those things that scene was i mean i guess what we're learning here is that we're all just a bunch of softies speak for yourselves i love the violence It beca- gets a point where it's like this is too much, and I'm not enjoying. Well, this my one is as cringy as and so, huge of an example as like a hateful eight, which is just insane um, on that level. Yeah, or um, uh, Django, Django, Django yeah. Unchained. Yeah, that one's yeah. pretty violent. I mean, he does tell really good stories yeah, and is, just... is able to be very iconic with his filmmaking. But sometimes I'm almost like he puts those things in almost for a a wow factor of like what well, you know this is what you're going to get with this type of movie. And I think sometimes he can tone it down a little bit and tell the same story. It makes sense that it, that it like, I mean, I understand that this is his style and his thing. And I I understand that the violence is like over top where it becomes, it's not realistic and it's comical, but like at the same time, it's just a little too much. Too much, yeah. you know. No, I agree. Can we talk about casting just for a second? Yeah, I did want to transition us into recast a role, but yeah. if you have any general thoughts before we get there, well, no, let's just jump right in. Fire away. I'd like to go first because I think I'm gonna say what both of you are thinking. Recast a role, Rudy. You're up first. If you can recast one role from this movie, what role? It's kind are you of picking? a cheat. Um, Steve McQueen. Okay. <laughs> Steve McQueen, Mr. Cool. Right? He is iconic. He's the man. He's the Brad Pitt of that era, and like in the scene at the Playboy Mansion with Damian Lewis, he looks like a crazy person. His hair is all long <laughs> and raggedy, and he just like he looks nuts. It was awful. And I was casting. like, oh man. Awful so what casting. I did was like, I was like, okay, we need someone cooler who's like got more of that vibe. So I was like trying to look around, see who would be a better fit. You Google like, ended up cool Googling, guys. I ended up Googling. <laughs> well, I ended up Googling <laughs> cool guy uh, Steve McQueen lookalike. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the first article that came up was why Damian Lewis is a Steve McQueen lookalike. And it wasn't about the movie at all. It was like a different scene. And I was looking what? at it. I was like, holy crap. He looks just like, you know, Steve McQueen. All they had to do was give him a better haircut and then take away a couple of the wrinkles on his face. And he would have been 
he would have fit the bill perfectly. So I don't know why they didn't do that. I don't know why they went with like the frazzled, you know, the frazzled look that they gave him. But uh, maybe it was like inside baseball or something. But I thought <laughs> they kind of they screwed up on that one because Steve McQueen's the man. Damian Lewis is also kind of the man and would have been better suited with a a better haircut. A better Damian Lewis. That's all you're recasting. It's just the, the same, same person. You're using just the same me, cast. Giving him a haircut. Same, yeah. and a, with a yeah, better makeup right. artist. So that needs to be that needs you're to be recasting the role of the, the makeup, makeup artist and uh, <laughs> hair department. Well, then recast a, a a role and a crew member. <laughs> we'll change and a crew member. We need to we need to do that in the future. Negative shout outs to uh, Damian Lewis's makeup person. I think pretty much everything related to Steve McQueen in this movie was a big yeah. L for Quentin Tarantino. Yep. They should that scene where he is in a, he is there at the party could have so easily been avoided. That scene you did, he doesn't need to be there. It's excessive. It's like oh what if we what if I found someone to be Steve McQueen and then it's like he was reading the article that you mentioned Rudy and was like oh I should put him in this movie as Steve yes. McQueen. So he should be cut out of the scene there. And then my other Steve McQueen opinion was the scene where. Um, Timothy Oliphant's character, the um, Jim Stacy, the guy in um, is that his name? No, the guy that's in the the TV show opposite yeah. Leo. He's James Stacy. Oh, okay, he James Stacy. Before the filming, he goes up to Leo and is like, "Oh, I heard you were almost in Magnificent Seven, right?" And then it cuts to some scenes where they've superimposed Leo into Magnificent Seven, which is really interesting, you know, technology wise no, no, no. and quite the It was feat. the great escape. Yeah, damage control. Great escape. Oh. Damage control. Oh my god. I should have let it hang. That's embarrassing. I should let it hang. This is embarrassing. They'd superimposed him onto the Magnificent Seven, which is on my top twenty films of all time. <laughs> is one of my favorite movies ever the made. Great, the great escape. Totally screwed up the name. <laughs> I'd screwed it up for my other favorite Stephen Queen movie. But anyway, um The Great Escape. And it just illustrates the di- the vast, vast disparity and coolness and acting abilities between Leonardo DiCaprio and Steve yes. McQueen. Because the whole time that scene is going, I have in my head how Steve McQueen plays the role. And so I'm just con- comparing and contrasting the entire scene. And it just illustrates that Leo DiCaprio is just nothing of a leading man, like chemistry, like magnetism wise and charisma wise compared to Steve McQueen. So they should have just completely avoided. um, He should have just, you know, not touched Steve McQueen the entire movie and just said, all right, we're going to avoid that. And he would have been fine, but he didn't. So that's my thoughts on Steve McQueen (laughs) and Quentin Tarantino. Twinton Quarantino. Twinton Tarantino. Anyway, Sean, who are you recasting? So who I'm recasting is, again, Steve McQueen. I'm not just going to give him a haircut, though. I'm going <laughs> to use another British um, countryman, uh, Daniel Craig, as Steve McQueen. Mm. Uh, yeah, I can see he is, that. He is also a lookalike. I, I at least have to be young He's a little, little too bit. jacked, yeah. but we I can, see where you're get going. Him, we can get him on the quarantine diet for a little bit. <laughs> Make him yeah. slim down. But yeah, I think I agree. I like. This movie, you know, it's a two hour and 41 minute runtime, like I said. There's probably 10 or 15, like five or 10 minute scenes that can just completely be cut out and like make this an hour and 40 minute movie. Get in, get out, you know, do your shtick. And if you want it to be two hours and 40 minutes, I can add a lot of better scenes, a lot better scenes of um, Pacino. 
Like, why, why are you casting Pacino and then using him for, like, two minutes of screen time? Why are you why are you yeah. casting Kurt Russell and only giving him two minutes? Um, I would fill it more with those scenes rather than... Well, going into my uh, recast a role, I'm, there was an initial rumor, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but when this movie was first coming out, it was rumored that um, when the, the word about the script going around and all that... It was rumored that Tom Cruise was going to be playing one of the two main characters. Huh. So I'm rolling with that. I'm pulling out Leo, and I'm putting in Tom Cruise. Really? And we're doing Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt in the two main roles. I think that improves this movie exponentially. Huh. I think Tom Cruise hasn't done, like, he's pretty much stuck to just, like, big acting, you know, franchisee movies um, for a long time, whether those have been successful or not. And uh, I'd like to see him in something a little more artsy like this one. And, uh, yeah, I just think he could do that, you know. I think Leo's star is pretty much at the top right now, whereas Tom Cruise's, I think, has declined a little, and he's not quite where, t- where Leo is in terms of, like, stardom and critical, uh, you know, acceptance. So interesting. I'm just pivoting to something that was already in the works, and was changed, and we're going back to no, it. I, I okay. think that I can't imagine Tom Cruise being as unsure of himself, you know, even acting as unsure of himself as Leo did, because he's just so like. <laughs> That's valid. You know, Leo has this little bit of like a this super quirky, you know, personality where he's like just so in his own head that he can't like he can't get out of it, you know. Yeah. Um, That's true. I see that. I can. I I understand that. But at the same time, I think I have confidence that Tom could do would, it. Would I'm Tom have Tom the chemistry with Brad Pitt like Leo does? I don't know. I think it'd be different, but it'd be interesting. I don't know. He could. He could. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out Did there. Did you guys notice that Take. Brad Pitt was chewing significantly less in this movie than he has in other movies? Huh. That's why it wasn't as good as other Brad mm. Pitt movies. He wasn't eating as many calories. <laughs> Um, now we're gonna we're gonna move on to some some uh, questions that we may have had while watching. Um, I'm gonna get hit you guys with the first one, and then you guys can fill in with any other ones that you may have thought of. But my first one is the pre- the very basic: Did Brad Pitt's character kill his wife? Almost definitely. Yeah, I think so. Okay, you're in camp definitely. Yeah. He's cool enough. He's got the the physical abilities to do it and no one really cares like she seemed really awful like a really awful person so i don't think no one would care enough to really like look into it <laughs> oh my gosh okay. okay sean you're in the same boat i think he did it yeah <laughs> boat get it <laughs> did you guys get that boat because <laughs> he was on a boat when he supposedly killed her all right that explained it away <laughs> go ahead <laughs> my question what was with did you guys feel like Leo's character didn't ever he never learned how to smoke a cigarette or something. <laughs> like the entire time he's coughing every time he smokes a cigarette he's coughing is that intentional is that because he has some kind of lung disease that we don't know about and contributes to his acting maybe decline? it's just playing into the like character's lack of self-confidence and self-assurance okay. maybe I don't know. It was just my question about Leo is: What's the deal with his accent? Why does he keep saying my accent? My accent. 
He always like ends his like me's and my's and he like slurs them into the word. It's like he's trying to do an impression of somebody talking during that time period, but like he's just a guy doing an impression of a person talking during that time period rather than someone actually talking in that time period. Yeah. Really weird, weird accent. It's like a, a little bit of like a southern accent. He's yeah. thing. He said he was I from, don't know. It's from Missouri. Missouri. I, I wasn't doing I it did for me. feel the same way about the normal. accent that I felt like he was grasping for something. It was just a little like, like you're doing too much, Leo. Relax. He definitely overacted. Stop that doing was so much. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Maybe that was part of the the role. Maybe that's what he was going for. ID yeah. Kid. Maybe he was he was trying to know. hide or accentuate his accent so he could get these roles, or he didn't feel he didn't have self esteem to be able to. You know, yeah. changes X. I don't know. Had to have been something. Another there. question. Does Margot Robbie have the nastiest feet in oh, Hollywood? <laughs> yep. That was brutal. I really, we didn't talk much about her this episode, but I thought she did like a really good job. She didn't do much, yeah. but she was just kind of like, you know, so bubbly and like really yeah. like, yeah, like she, just really. She played her role. Well. Yeah. Played the role really well. I thought she did a great job. I think she captured the vibe. Of what they're they're trying to communicate with her, you know, this star that's like rising and someone who's gonna be big and famous, and it, it made you so that the entire movie, you like you were, we were saying earlier with the Manson thing, you you know what's coming and you're dreading yep. it, so that when it doesn't come, you do sort of have a feeling of relief, and that's partially just because of her being so like light and bubbly. And yeah, but her feet are gross. So is that other girl, that hippie girl <laughs> that they that Brad Pitt uh, picked up. Oof. Yeah, Ashley made a good point. Like, can you imagine being her though? Like, I don't know the actress's name, but like, uh, she's what eighteen, nineteen years old, and she's got to put her head in Brad Pitt's lap, <laughs> driving down the car. Like, that, just, that would be so intimidating. <laughs> well, I mean, many people are wondering what it would sound like when we finally covered a movie that we didn't really like or enjoy. <laughs> yeah. and, there uh, it is. This is kind. Of, this is yeah. kind of it. That was it. I got a, one more quick question before we wrap um, up. I don't know if you guys noticed Absolutely. this, um, but at the ranch, this guy walks out of a bus or a car or something, and he's wearing a top hat, and he's got this vest on, and he's got, like, black hair, and he looked just like Slash from Guns N' Roses. Oh, wow. <laughs> Is there any connection to that? Did you guys notice that? Did you... I remember noticing someone come out of that, that van, but I, I don't remember what he looked like. <laughs> yeah. That would be... He would, like, sneak that in there, I feel like. Right. I mean, who else wears a top hat? Like, I gotta Google mm-hmm. it. Not seen a lot about Slash in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm gonna have to revisit this now and take a screenshot of it for yeah. I'll do that. Put it yeah. put it in the in the Instagram. Is Slash, Slash. In, Hol- in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood the greatest conspiracy? Conspiracies start here. <laughs> New tagline for Loose Concept. Conspiracies start. Loose here. Concept. Conspiracies start here. I think it's got legs. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> All right, the all-important question, and I think we know the answers. Rudy, is this in your top 20? It is not. It is unfortunately Ooh, not. a second movie not making it into Rudy's top 20. No, top 50? Man, I don't think it's in my top 50. Not this even is the like, top 50, wow. It's a 7 out of 10. It's a 7 out of 10. Wow, seven's, still, seven's high. See, I would give it like a 5.5. Sean, top 20? It's not a top 20 for me. 
Top 50? I don't even think it's a top 50. You want to do it. (laughs) I don't want to do it. I like it. I enjoy it. I think we all enjoy certain parts of this movie, but I agree with Rudy. I think... I think it's a, a seven out of ten. I think it could have made a nine out of ten, ten out of ten, with some some slight changes, at least for uh, for my taste. Um, but okay, it was a good movie. I, I feel like it's yeah. it's one of those classic movies that I think you'll probably watch a, a couple more times in your lifetime. But it's not a yeah. it's not a top twenty. It's definitely not my top twenty. There's too many either. things I want to I change. I feel very confident saying that. I don't think I have any Tarantino quarantinos. In my top twenty, ooh, I I think I would disagree with that. That's a take for another day. We'll uh, revisit that when we eventually get to top twenty podcast. But I feel like they're going to make another. They're going to make a smaller movie of just Brad Pitt scenes in this movie and make it. (laughs) I would probably enjoy that movie more. That would that would be a better movie, I think. Well, um. Just a quick look ahead, a preview for next week's episode so people can be ready for the um, upcoming spoilers that we'll be partaking on next week. Um, Rudy, <laughs> you want to introduce our film, feature film for next week's podcast on Loose Concept will be, drum roll. Another drum roll, please. Uh, <laughs> hype horn. <laughs> it's, uh, oh, sorry. I'll just edit those in. There you go. Leonardo DiCaprio's Catch Me If You Can. Ooh. With Tommy. Leo movies Tommy, in a Tommy Coronavirus Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll He's be interesting. A the takes will flow. The takes will flow. <laughs> Full disclosure, when we were first starting this podcast, that was going to be the first movie we discussed on the first episode. But then I was the only person that watched the movie, and my two very dear co-hosts did not watch the movie so yeah slow start shouts, slow, to, slow start. shouts to them we're still figuring things out yeah yeah so. we still figured we didn't realize that you had to actually watch the movies to talk about them. <laughs> no and we promise we we are from now on we we dedicate to you guys we're gonna watch every movie we review it's our it's our solemn swear that's the loose concept guarantee <laughs> you heard it here first all right we're gonna sign off now everybody make sure you uh stay safe and uh keep it loose keep it loose keep it conceptual peace that price on my head is that dead or alive don't remember see if he starts shooting hey I, I have an idea how about we get back to the important topics like the fact that i almost had my face cut off by a decepticon as a taxpayer like a larger complaint as a matter of fact you look gorgeous no i'm i'm simply saying that life uh finds a way. <laughs>